What is up, my love? Welcome to the Love Stands Here podcast. I'm your host, Megan Brianna from lovestandshere.com, and I'm a life coach, a certified eating psychology coach, but most of all, I'm just a girl who really loves Jesus and has spent a lot of time learning how to not only discover my worth through him, but also how to cultivate the characteristics that we're called into in order to live a healthy and purposeful life of love and service. My friend, living in the world can be really tough, and all too often we're taught beliefs and given messages by a broken society that make us feel like we're never enough and our worth is only skin deep. But I'm here to share some good news. Your worth is not in the world, but in God's beautiful word. So if you're looking for encouragement to live and love better, you're in the right place. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share with your friends if you feel called, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Love ya. Hello friends, I am so excited for this week's episode and next week's episode. I had a conversation with my old college roommate. We were roommates for a year because uh, I only went to college for a year, but she was the best roommate ever and we have continued to be friends since then even in our even though our lives have gone different directions many times and we've fallen away from keeping in touch and then but we always find our way back to each other and she is somebody that I know will forever be in my life she's just such a good friend she's so wonderful her name's Ashley and we had a conversation about a lot of things that ended up being about almost an hour and a half long so that's why I'm making it into two segments but Ashley is a business and personal development coach Um, I will put her information in the show notes and then at the end of next week's episode, she shares where you can find her. But like I said, I'll put her stuff in the show notes so you can find her right away. But one of the many things I love about Ash is, well, first of all, she is funny as heck, but she has one of the kindest hearts in the world. While she has faith, she also, she really balances me out. And it's kind of fun. It's fun to have conversations with her because I talk about things from a perspective of faith a lot and mindset. And she talks about things from a mindset and application perspective. And so in this episode, it's not going to be necessarily super faith rich. Although of course I do talk about God a lot because that's just what I do. And, um, I can't not talk about God, but, uh, we talk a lot about mindset and about how we, work to change behaviors in our lives. In this particular episode, we're talking about coping mechanisms and being mindful about the things that we struggle with and how we remove them from our lives and, you know, how she's done it, how I do it. And we're talking a lot about body and food, social media and mental health. And we have a pretty big conversation about TikTok. So let us know what you think. I'm going to stop talking and just get to the episode. I hope you enjoy. Love you. This meeting is being recorded. <laughs> if you didn't know it, now you do. <laughs> okay, so Ash, I have I haven't seen you on social media for a while, and I know life has been crazy. But I just watched your stories the other day, and I saw that you were talking about how you took um, a social media break for Easter for Lent, and yes. kind of you were talking about everything that you had learned from that. And I'd love for you to talk about that because I didn't. I don't think I got the full gist of it. Okay. So I, um, I have been giving social media up for Lent for the last two years. 
Mm -hmm. So last year was the first year I did it. And honestly, um, before that, I always gave up some sort of like food, which was usually oh. French fries because I love them so much. But two to like two and a half years ago, I found out that I'm like severely allergic to potatoes. So like I had to give That's them up for awful. life. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. awful. I so would die. Like, and, and now like every once in a while I let myself have them and I get like such a bad stomach ache and it's terrible. Mm -hmm. So like I had to find a new, I probably had been giving up French fries for Lent for like a solid six or seven years. <laughs> so I had to find something new. And I actually went to high school with a girl who like perpetually gave up social media for Lent every year when she'd get back on Facebook, she'd, you know, write this post about how great it is. And like, you know, it's a, a great time of year for it and like all of the things. And then you and I had had conversations about like social media breaks before too, and all the things. So I tried it last year for the first time and it was wonderful. This year, it was on the back of what I would consider to be a pretty like transformational, like life moment for me, because I decided actually on my birthday in December that I wanted to give up drinking. And it was like a really like wild moment because I, uh, and I said this in my stories, like I never considered myself to be someone that like drank too much, you know, didn't know when to stop, like all the things, mm -hmm. but I was finding that when I was drinking, it was uh, always like, oh, I had such a bad day at work or like, I'm so stressed out or whatever. It was always like something negative. And I doubled down on that even more to say that like, I didn't, I had like, a sip of alcohol at my wedding. Like I've celebrated like big things and like not needed to drink. And then I've celebrated big things and I've gone a little bit overboard, you know, I, I think as we probably all have at some point. Yeah. So in December, I was making this active decision to go like through the holiday season without drinking, which was wild in itself because the first, you know, as like a 30 something year old adult female, mm -hmm. when you tell people at Christmas, like, oh, I'm not drinking. They're like, oh, are you pregnant? Like immediately. I'm like, That's true. no, I'm not, you know? So I posted about that. I'm like, everyone, please stop asking if I'm pregnant. Like I'm not pregnant. Like I'm just not drinking. And I feel like that's a choice I can make without you automatically assuming that I'm like growing old. I don't think it's fair. So, uh, so I made that choice and actually the holidays were pretty much okay because I don't know about you, but for us, like the holidays this year were really calm and quiet. I think people were still very nervous about COVID and all of the things. So everyone kind of, do, kind of doing their own thing, which was really great. So um, they weren't as busy as norm as they usually are, as they usually are three years ago. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but then, you know, after the first of the year, it kind of started to get back into normal times. And I was like, oh, we're going out to this event, or do you want to come to this brewery? And I was like, oh, gosh, like these are, these were the moments that I was worried about because like in my mom's house, I can be like, no mom, I don't want a glass of wine. In my own house, I can be like, I'm not drinking. You go out with like a group of people who don't expect you again to go overboard, but expect you to just like enjoy. And, and you're the only one not drinking. Like I did not count on the anxiety around that. Mm. I, I like did not count on feeling so singled out not that any anyone made me feel that way but it was just like you couldn't avoid the fact that I would be the only one at a table like not drinking right and actually it was Lindsay you know my friend you know Lindsay from college yeah. it was yeah, Lindsay's yeah. birthday and she's you know a fairly new mom who like is the best mom so she mm -hmm. was not going out a lot so this was like a big deal we got a hotel room you know and I'm like pound in a sugar-free Red Bull because I just feel like, you know, I'm like, I, you know, and, and again, like 
being around the right people is important because they didn't make me feel anxious about it. I was just, I was feeling anxious about Mm -hmm. it. So that was like January, February. I went to an event, which was like totally up my alley. Um, it was, uh, like a, uh, it was called drinks connected. So it was at a museum, which is already my jam. And it was basically like every brewer and like distiller in New York state like with samples and I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this is my jump off. Like, this is what I love to do, you know? And I'm like, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Got through that. Like, so I was like, okay, like I feel good. Like I'm making good choices by that time. Like two months in, I was feeling so much more clear headed again, not because I had like a drinking problem by any means, but just because it was something that I took out of my life that wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm. And that really, as we approached the Lenten season, like that really was shining a light on how I was feeling about social media. Yeah. And so last year when I was like, I'm going to give up social media for Lent because I went to high school with a girl that's done it and she always has positive things to say about it. And it sounded like a good idea. I did it just to do it this year. I was like, oh, I have to do this. Like Mm -hmm. talk about, I'm now leading this life where I've taken something out of my life that I deem unnecessary. Let's see how I feel about, you know, social media, the anxiety around letting it go this time around was it's, you know, Instagram is like where it's at for like promoting your business. And I was just like, kind of getting in a groove with that. So I was nervous about letting go there. Um, you know, <laughs> I mentioned on my story that the only form of, of social media I didn't give up was TikTok, and I'll, yeah. I'll talk about why in a few minutes, but I didn't give that up. <clears throat> but oh, Facebook, God. I was like, see you later. Like, I yeah. couldn't wait to get off Facebook. Yeah. And now, like, I don't know, 40 days plus a week and a half later, I'm just like, thank God. I'm, yeah. I, I like, I haven't, I post, I made that one like Easter post. I gave up social media. Mm-hmm. Here's my photo dump from the last 40 days. And like, I really haven't been back. And I'm yeah. like really okay. Because I realize it's, it's an area for whatever reason, different from Instagram and different from, in, in my case only, I'm, I'm not speaking for anyone else's case, but in my case only different from TikTok, it is an area where like, there's so many people have access. Mm-hmm. And there's so much, there's so much posting of emotionally charged things and pictures that like, <clears throat> you're like, I just saw you last weekend. Like your life is not that, like, I know, yeah. I know your life isn't that. And that's what you just posted. Like, you know, the, all, just all the things like the comparison, the judgment, the access, like it just, it's overwhelming to me mm-hmm. on Facebook, yeah. Instagram kind of the same thing. Like I've only been back on Instagram on my business account because I kind of came out of the gate. Like I'm going to use this as the tool it's meant to be used for, for what I am prioritizing. So I really haven't been back on my, my, uh, my personal Instagram at all. Mm -hmm. And then my TikTok, I kept, and I am posting a little bit more on that because, um, I, and I mentioned this in my stories, but I am very proud of the algorithm, like the, the for you page that I've curated, you know, yeah. I really enjoy dogs, recipes and like motivational stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and, and also it's like husband and wives, like pranking each other and me just being like, look, Rob, we could never do this. You know, cause like <laughs> oh, we could never, we could never prank each other, but that's really all it is. And so for me, I didn't post on TikTok, and I really limited during Lent, like even my viewing of it. 
but mostly because I just didn't want to lose like any algorithm, you know, situation because I was like, God, I love dogs. And I just, you know, didn't want to lose that. <clears throat> and for me, it's not a toxic place. And I know that for some people it is. Mm-hmm. And I, for me, it just hasn't, hasn't gotten there yet. But again, like tying this all together, I think giving up drinking, which was not a terrible point in my life, but an unnecessary one helped me really approach this, this Lenten season and like giving these things up in in different ways. It it allowed me to approach it with a clear mind and and really clear intentions for myself. And I had never really had that before. Yeah. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing. Oh my gosh. There's so many things I want to say. First of all, um, TikTok, can we just, can we just go on the topic of TikTok really quick? You're crushing it on TikTok. (laughs) Because I have avoided TikTok like the plague for, since it came out. I've just been like, that is the stupidest thing. It's so toxic, all of this. And then you had mentioned, I think last year, have you ever thought of trying TikTok? Because I've been on video for six years, you know, and all of that. And I had one of the girls in my Bible study group mention it to me, like at the beginning of the year. And I was like, eh, I don't think so. And then at the beginning of the year, I decided to, um, enter. I just felt very strongly. Like the Lord was telling me, I don't know what this thing is, um, that I needed to enter into a season of close singleness. And since I made that decision, like there have been so many things shifting in my life and I feel like I've been coming into a lot of clarity around certain things. And anyway, shortly after that, I was think I started my podcast up again, obviously. And I was like, man, if there was just a way that I could, um, take clips from my podcast and do voiceovers on TikTok, And I had, I didn't think that you could do that. And then I figured out how to do it. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> maybe we got to try this. So I hopped on and I like started posting, I think three times a day. I think they're saying like that for the algorithm to grow fast, you're supposed to post four times a day, whatever. I wasn't going to overexert myself. <laughs> and like, yeah, I started growing really fast and I was really shocked. I think I gained like 2,500 followers in two days at one point from a couple of videos. And I you know, I've been on platforms for six years and I've been trying to grow my platforms for six years and I get on TikTok and I'm like, wow, this is easy, but I don't like it because I don't like actually being the center of attention. So it's amazing when you think, you know, this is something I want because I want to get my message out there. And then it happens and God's like here and you're like, wow, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. So the thing about TikTok that I found bizarre is like, number one, it is not like any other social media platform. And I was very surprised. Um, but it's cool to me. Cause I know like you were talking about how you have like curated your for you page and you can, I feel like on TikTok you can do that a lot easier than you can on the other, um, social media platforms. I but agree. Cool. And like, it's crazy because people are like when I think about you, like you, like people are doing that with your content. Yeah. Like people are making sure, like they're curating their for you, their for you page and you, Megan, are part of their for you page. And like, that is crazy. I'm just like, oh my God, I know. <laughs> it is. 
it's weird and it's um but it's cool because it's like they're little um there are different cultures on TikTok. Yeah. Like there's the Christian community and there's the um, animal lovers community and there's the, you know, funny relationship things, funny things we should do in relationships community. And, you know, it's just really weird, but also the trolls on TikTok are <laughs> awful. And I haven't even gotten to, like, I'm, I haven't even gotten to the bottom of the barrel yet, but I already, so my mental health since I've gotten on TikTok has started to struggle a little. Yeah. And um, I don't think it's just TikTok. I think there's a lot of things. I'm going through a weird season of change. Um, but I've also met some really amazing people through that platform. And it's really cool to see the support and encouragement and just love. So it's, it's both ends of the spectrum, you know? Yeah. But I love that you're talking about... Um, like really mindfully giving up drinking and then like allowing that to kind of drive your decisions moving forward, just like what you're learning from that. Because so yesterday I had the worst day I've had since I moved back home. Um, and I was going through my depression after being in a very uh, emotionally abusive relationship with uh, somebody with narcissistic personality disorder. And I was just, I mean, this is, you know, I talk about it all the time where I was saved because I was in such a dark hole yesterday. I felt, you know, it's been about a week and a half that I've started to feel really, really heavy. And yesterday was so bad. Like I got on my stories on Instagram and I was like, I literally wanted to rip the pages out of my Bible. I was screaming at God. I was like, I hate you. I don't want any, anything to do with you. And I never, I very, very rarely have moments where I'm like, eh, this is really, really hard. And like, I need help, you know, but yesterday I was just like, I'm done. This, this is not for me. And I had about 45 minutes of that. And then I'm like, I'm sorry, but is happening is that, so like I said, at the beginning of the year, I decided to go mindfully into a season of close singleness where I am, I don't want to have any kind of personal relationships with men whatsoever, aside from the few um, kingdom men in my life that I trust that I can go to for counsel. Like I'm closed off for personal relationships with men. Um, but I didn't realize that's what that was supposed to mean when mm -hmm. I first decided to do that. And I'm coming to that place because I've had a lot of guys reach out to me from TikTok and, you know, just sharing scripture and stuff, but they're like, they're trying to lead me as they're supposed to do. Um, but also I'm not in a really relationship with them. So I'm like, this is too much. And I've, I've started to feel, cause I always feel this responsibility just to love everybody and to make everybody feel included. And I have to set a boundary and I can't like, so there's been a few people that I've been like, listen, I appreciate you. And I love that you're here. And I thank you for your support and your encouragement. But as far as like having a, any kind of like personal communication in my DMS, I can't do it anymore. And that's been really hard for me. And then there was a guy that I was dating at the end of last year. That wasn't a Christian that I talked about in um, my first episode back this year. Yeah that we have continued to be in contact. And I'm like, yeah, this will be fine. We're just talking. We'll just be friends. And I had to completely let that go too, because I realized that I still had feelings tied to that. And so I let that go. Um, there was a friend that I had that uh, God took out of my life 
and I just started detoxing from sugar. So all of that to say, I'm at this point where I'm letting go of all of the coping mechanisms that I've had in my life. And Mm -hmm. it's so, so hard. And I think, you know, you, when you do that, when you're able to mindfully say, I know I really need to let this go because even though with some things like drinking, it doesn't really control you. Like you said, you notice that you are doing it to cope. Like when you're having a bad day, you know, and it's really important to be mindful of those things. And when you actually mindfully let go of them, you realize that maybe they did have more control over you than you thought. You know, I, so it's funny that you say that about giving up your coping mechanisms, because what I didn't realize until I kind of started to experience my like moment of clarity, which it sounds like you're experiencing right now is Mm -hmm. just like what my mechanisms of coping were. And what's really wild about that is that, so drinking was definitely one of them when it was like, Oh, a bad day or whatever. And then the other which I didn't realize was a coping mechanism whatsoever is quick decision-making. So like, I will, I like to be in control. So like Mm -hmm. when I feel myself losing control, I realize like, I'll just make a decision. So house hunting is a perfect example. I love our home. I love where we live. It's, it's wonderful. However, Mm we, we, I put an offer in on a house. We, we lost it. It was a house I really wanted next one comes around, put an offer on it, lose it. Like in, in the season of 2021 or end of 2020, when everyone was buying a house, like it was really hard to come buy a house that you could buy even at the, <laughs> the listing, the listed price. Mm-hmm. So that probably happened two or three times. And then we looked at the house we live in right now and it hadn't even been listed yet. There was no sign out front. And I was like, we'll take it. Like, we'll take it. Like, let's just, let's just do it. In the moment, like everyone's excitement over that is like, it's so overwhelming in such a positive way. And in, in so many instances in life where like, I was just quick decision-making because I was trying to cope with like losing control. I realize now that like, normally the person that's making a decision is applauded. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what you want, you're headstrong, like you go after it. Right. And that's how I was raised. Like, what do you want? Go, go get it. And that's not a bad way to be raised, but as an adult now where I'm like, well, when I feel like I'm losing control, I just make a decision and I go with it. And I don't think about the consequences and I make it fast and I make it for other people and like all of the things I'm like, I can't do that anymore. And I didn't realize literally, I mean, I'm 36 years old. I did not even have those thoughts about the fact that quick decision-making was a coping mechanism for me until the last couple of months where I like gave up the things that aren't necessary in my life anymore. It's like funny kind of to me, but I'm handing control on some things that normally I would have control of for our family. Like I say handing it, but like I'm like Rob's a bigger part now of some of that decision-making because he wants to be, because I know I can't be the only one making decisions and it's forcing me to be like, you know, don't ask him about that because you know, it's going to sound like you're micromanaging. So I've had to even like rework how I communicate Mm -hmm. because I don't want to sound like a micromanager. And I also don't want to be someone that's just like, well, I'm not going to say anything because I just don't want to rock the boat. Well, like that, that's not a good way to live either. So it's like, it's like figuring out how to 
slow down and like not just make decisions because it, they seem like the decisions that need to be made or because I don't want to like do the work to to get through the difficult like the hurdle you know mm -hmm. so like don't just like slow down and then give up some control and that has been I mean the last four months have been a huge learning experience for me and and like I really truly believe that you should never ever stop learning of course um but it's crazy to me that I'm learning things like in my mid thirties that like probably are very much common sense to other people. You know? <laughs> I think, like, I yeah. think we, I think we all feel that way. And you know, I love that you said that you feel like when you become aware of something that, that you're like, Oh wow, maybe this is, this is something that is actually like not moving me in the right direction, or this is a coping mechanism or whatever. I feel like it's actually I don't necessarily know if it's healthy, but I feel like it's human for us to go from that one extreme to the very opposite extreme to where, like you said, you were like, oh, this is something that decision-making is something that I've struggled with. And then because you're so hyper aware of it, you just like completely, you, you're like, yeah, maybe well, I just I should make any decisions ever at right. all. <laughs> and then right. I think, I think a lot of times we have to go to that other extreme before we can find our way back to the middle. And I found that to be true with so many things for me, especially, you know, with my journey away from like diet culture and how, and I think the normal process, and it's just, you know, it's what I learned it in my certification program. And just from other people I've talked to in my own journey, you go from being completely consumed with diet culture and like having to go about health from the perspective of your body's a problem and you're always focused on your body and the way you behave around food in your body you go from one from like restriction and binging and and counting calories and weighing yourself and measuring and all of that to completely letting go of all of the rules even though mm -hmm. you know a lot of the stuff you learn in that container is healthy it's like you have to let go of everything you've learned um, because a lot of it you've learned from a place of fear and, and from that place of, well, you're doing this to change your body where you have to go get to a place where you're like, I need to unlearn all of this so I can learn what love is. So I can come from this, come at this from a loving perspective. And then you kind of, you know, eventually make your way back to the middle, to a healthy place. And I can't get over the fact that like, I used to so one thing that I actually don't do on any of my platforms is like get too specific and too real about like anything I've gone through personally. And what I find really attractive about the way that you choose to like speak your mission is that you do get personal. And I'm like, I feel that. And also like, I lived with her for a year. How did I not know that? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that always like cracks me up too. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I say all that to say that what, what you just said, like really hits home for me because body image and like self-love in general has been a journey for me that I have not talked about at all. And mm -hmm. I, I knew I needed to like really take a pause and reevaluate when I was keeping a notebook last fall and in every page, like when I would have like a moment of like being overwhelmed or upset about something, depressed, anxious, whatever it was, like I would write the most horrible things about myself on paper. Oh. Like you're, I mean, I'm not even, it was bad. Like it was yeah. really, really bad. 
And probably after like three months, I showed it to, or I told Rob about it. And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't know why I do this. Like, it's my form of like self-harm. Like I just, and Mm -hmm. I would like write the same sentence over and over again. You're so fat. You're so ugly. You're so fat. You're so ugly. Like write it over and over again. No one wants you. No one likes you. Like I, and I was doing it for months. And so for Christmas, he got me this like really beautiful, like self love, like journal. And it just asks like very like reflective questions. But again, like it's all in that season, right? So like I was giving up drinking. I'm like realizing like Mm -hmm. I have this problem with like really not liking myself, but not understanding why and not pulling on any resources to get out of it. Like that to me, like asking questions, asking for help is like the biggest form of bravery and strength. I Uh think that especially we can, we have as women, um, Uh because who else is going to like, no one's going to look at you and say like, let me pick you up. Let me help you. You have to be open to it. Like you have to be ready for someone to take you by the hand and like drag you down the, the journey, you know? Right. Or you pull up your bootstraps and you do it yourself, you know, but you have to be ready for it, whatever it is. So when I started realizing like, this is a problem, I was like, I don't, I can't unknow the things that I know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, them. you were taught them, they're ingrained in you, you can't unknow them. So I have to like take a completely different view now. Like I have to now learn something else. I have to know something else. And so I you know, started doing some reflective journaling and I started just like looking at my, for me, you know, my husband, I'm like, he loves me. Mm-hmm. Like he loves me no matter what I'm wearing, how much makeup I have on, like what I did today, like whatever. Uh, why am I struggling to look at myself like that? You know, mm-hmm. so like thinking about those things and then with food has always been a difficult thing for me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, and, and difficult because I love it yeah. <laughs> and I want it all the time, I you know, so, <laughs> right. So I'm like, instead of restricting anything or not eating anything, like keeping in mind the things that don't make me feel good, keeping in mind the activities that I want to do with my body and the foods that I like to eat to make those activities more enjoyable you know, and I notice everything from, I woke up in the morning, less bloated to now I've got some physical like changes along with the mental ones, which is where I posted that picture on my Instagram. Like look at the before and after like four mm-hmm. months, like yeah. it's like two different people, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I didn't do anything other than like put myself first. That's the mm-hmm. only thing I did. I, I, I didn't block anybody out. I didn't like take away anything. I didn't necessarily add anything in. I just, I just prioritized, I just made myself first and that completely changed my life. That's so amazing. Yes. And that was, that was one of the things when I saw in your story, I was like, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this. Um, and first of all, something you said, oh, the keeping in mind part, I think that's so powerful because, you know, the whole the whole message behind the Institute for the psychology of eating, like mm-hmm. my certain, and I'm not, I'm, I'm just bringing that up because we're talking about food and it keeps bringing me back to that, but it's mindfulness. Yeah. I mean, unless it's for like serious health reasons, it should never be about tracking and weighing and measuring. I mean, that is not a way to live a life, but keeping in mind, okay, these are the things that don't make me feel good. Um, you know, I know that I need to fuel my body properly. I need to put the good stuff in my body. And I know that I need to move my body. 
and just being mindful and like that, you know, gently reminding yourself every day, I know I'm going to mess up. It's okay. I'm a human, but let's just keep this in mind because it doesn't make you feel good. I love that. Yeah. I love that you said that. And I love that. Yeah. The whole like before and after type picture of like your face from, it's not like it's a before and after from you getting away from alcohol. Like you were drinking every single day. You were, you were infrequently drinking. So to have like that be a drastic change and just like taking the pressure off yourself. Um, it just goes to show how much stress affects our physical body. And that's what I was going to say. Like that's a before and after of stress. Yeah. 110%. Like that was, you live the most stressed out life and you can't get out of your own way to Mm -hmm. like, I said, I didn't put blockers up. I didn't, I mean, aside from giving up social media for Lent, which I would have done anyways, I just did it more intentionally this year, giving up drinking because it didn't serve me. Like I didn't restrict. That's the difference. Like you can give things up that don't serve you. And that is Mm -hmm. not restricting, you Uh know, in my opinion. And I don't know if you would define it differently, but restricting is like, I like this, but I'm not going to let myself have it. For me, it was like social media and drinking. They just don't serve me anymore. And once I got rid of those things that don't serve me anymore, I'm like, well, wait a minute. I need to, I need to focus on like loving myself because everyone I talk to is like, you know, and I know, I know from listening to you, you've gone through this too. Like, you're so great. You're so wonderful. You're so beautiful. You're so all these things. Mm -hmm. You're such a light in our world. And then you go home and you're like, oh my God, I like hate myself. Yeah. And I I can't figure out why, why, what did these people see that I'm not seeing? And once I eliminated the things that weren't serving me, I'm like, I'm more fun. Like I'm more lighthearted. Like I'm doing things I want to do. Like people, people always wanted to be around me, but now they want to be around me and I want to be around them too. You know? And like, it was, that was not happening. I didn't realize how much that wasn't happening until I got rid of the things that weren't serving me anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's just like a block. And I love what you said about the restriction thing. This is what I've learned because I've started fasting from a spiritual place, like both from a spiritual place, but also like I started three days a week doing like an intermittent fasting schedule because I like, I'm coming at it from both perspectives, like a spiritual perspective. And also nighttime is when I find that I emotionally eat. Like that's Mm -hmm. always been a comfort thing for me. And so what I decided to do was take three days a week and just do intermittent, which intermittent fasting is not bad at all. I mean, you're sleeping no. most of the time anyway. So, but, um, I realized that I was like coming home after work and like, uh, those three days I work until eight and I was coming home and I would have like ice cream or I'd have something comforting in my bed. And I wanted to stop doing that because it's obviously it's a coping mechanism. You know, it's not healthy for me. And I would wake up feeling groggy. And I don't Mm -hmm. like that. And I feel like, like God was asking me to, instead of use food during that time to fast from it, because obviously I was using it to escape something Mm -hmm. and I needed to be able to hear from him what that something was. And, you know, obviously you can't do that if you're covering it up with all of these other things and, you know, just the whole coping mechanism thing anyway, but So what I've discovered is that for a long time, I was, you know, I was just talking about how I was so caught up in diet culture and restricting. And when you get away from that, you 
are taught that you shouldn't restrict, like get that restriction mindset out of your head. So the whole fasting thing kind of gets demonized in that, in that process. And that's okay. Like you, you don't want to fast while you're still in a mindset of I'm coming at health from this fear perspective, because then you're fasting from a fear place. So basically what I'm trying to say is when you do things in the way that the world tells you to do them, like eating healthy and exercise or whatever it is, a lot of times you're doing it from a fear place, like, um, or a coping mechanism place. And then when you like start walking this journey of self-love, this, this journey with God, and you learn that you are valuable as a person and you start understanding what it's actually like to love yourself, you can start taking these things that are healthy out of the container of the world and putting them in the container where they belong and start approaching them from a place of love. So fasting for me, if I was still in the diet culture container would have been really, really detrimental for my mental health and emotional health. Whereas now I can come at it from a place where I'm like, this is good for me. And this is, this is helping me move forward. And this is helping me connect more to God, but it's that process in between where, um, and I, I guess I'm kind of referring to like anti-diet culture, um, where it's like, you have to dismiss everything about health and go ahead and just eat whatever you want. And like, I understand there is a time for that when you're moving away, but I feel like a lot of people stay stuck in that where it's like, no, then you have to get to a point where (laughs) you're coming at it from like, you understand you have to be healthy. I feel like I'm ranting, but go ahead. Well, no, but I mean, it's, you're right. Like it comes from a place of fear. So like you, you work till eight o'clock, three days a week, you come home and you're like, okay, now you you walk in you say hi to Ez, like it's what, eight, 10, eight, 15. Now you're like, all right, I, I'm not going to cook a full meal. So I just want ice cream. Okay. So now it's like eight 45, nine o'clock by the time you're settled in your bed, eating the ice cream, then maybe you bring the bowl back out to the kitchen. And maybe like, for me, it would probably be like, oh, the Oreos are open. I'll grab two Oreos. And then I'll, <laughs> and then I'll like go to bed and I'll watch TV and I'll fall asleep. There's nothing particularly wrong with that. The problem is, or the issue becomes that you've made a decision to use that time more wisely in a way that serves you. Yes. Right. The, the, the issue comes in when we try to explain that to other people, because what people will understand is that I intermittent fast three days a week. They -hmm. know what that looks like. That's comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. If you walked up to a group of strangers and said, Hey, I intermittent fast three days a week. What do you guys think? They'd be like, that's cool. Or what's, what's intermittent fasting or whatever. They might have questions. But if you said, Hey, three days a week, I get home at eight o'clock and I pull out my Bible and I sit down and I talk to God and I think about the things that matter to me the most, they'd be like, okay, yeah. Why are you telling me that? Like, it's not comfortable. Right. But if you're, if you say, if you say the trendy thing, the thing that people understand, the thing that the masses get, like I intermittent fast three days a week, no one questions it. Mm-hmm. No one wonders why you're doing it. No one, no one has any questions that they're not asking you the only, I should say, the only reason they're probably asking questions or one of the main reasons is because they are curious for themselves. Right. It scares people when you start talking about something that is so life-changing and so personal that they can't get a grasp on it. So if the people you're talking to aren't people that go home and open up their Bible and talk to God three times a week or seven days a week or go to church or, or have that, that thing in their life that drives their passion, their reason for living, then it's scary to them. But when you throw a term out like, oh, I intermittent fast, they're like, 
Oh yeah. Okay. Like totally. I get that. I saw that on TikTok. I I know what that is, you know, like, and it's like, okay. And then you're just like, well, now I've said what I I do, but they have no idea why I don't have to share. And that's comfortable. That's where we live comfortably. Yeah. And you know, you, you're taking the approach. And again, like I go back to like, it's been wonderful to watch you grow on TikTok because you're taking the approach of like really letting people in to like, yeah, like you found a community, a niche community on TikTok because they're people that understand that you're intermittent fasting three days a week because there's a higher purpose for you between eight and nine thirty PM those three days a week. Yes. So good. Thank you for like like <laughs> explaining that in a better way. I think and I was also it also I feel sometimes like I have to I don't know why. I'm still in this frame of mind where because for such a, for two and a half, three years, I was in the, um, anti-diet culture mindset and like getting away, like as if moving away from diet culture was my highest purpose. Like that, that's what my problem was. And now I'm on the other side of it. And that was it. But what I've learned is that that was just the first step to getting me closer to God and understanding who I was and unlearning what, culture has taught us is, is right. And so I, I think I still feel a little apologetic in my head about going back to believing that things like fasting and removing things out of your diet are important. Like I'm back in that place. And these are all things that I, I gained the knowledge of health from that container. There's so many amazing things that you learn about being healthy, about how to treat your body it's just that the mindset part is very toxic. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in this place of love where I can take those things and be like, okay, these are the things that are good. And I'm going to start doing them again because I can do them from a healthier place. But- totally. And I think in the, in the scenario that we're talking about right now, like you found, you're not just in a season of love or like a space of love, like you're also in a space of forgiveness. Like something that you said earlier that really resonated with me was that last night you were like mad at God. Yeah. And like, you can be mad at him because you understand his love. Yes. And because you understand his love, you also understand that he's going to forgive you. Mm -hmm. And like, that's, that is power. Like that is powerful. So it's like, that and I think for me and I try to take aspects of like bigger aspects like bigger the higher power like what do I feel in my soul and apply that across the board I wasn't doing that before so Mm -hmm. now I'm saying like again like I'm prioritizing me and because I'm prioritizing me that means the relationships that mean something to me they're being prioritized Mm -hmm. means the activities that mean something to me they're being prioritized it means that if I do something that requires forgiveness for someone else. Like I'm from someone else. Like I'm comfortable asking for it. And I wasn't there before. And so it's just like, once we start like focusing on how we feel like whole self, like spirit, Mm -hmm. mind, body, Mm -hmm. we're propelled forward in a way that sometimes we're not prepared for, but we're propelled forward regardless. Like we, once we give up the control and we just say like, I love who I am and I'm going to do the things 
that serve me, like there's no other option than to move forward in life. You can't stay stuck if that's your mindset. That's all for today. Thank you as always for listening. And Hey, if you don't mind, would you do me a favor and rate review and share this message with somebody if you feel like it hit home so we can get these messages out to more people. And also you can go over to lovestandshere.com if you want to check out my blog posts. And also if you would like to contact me, if you have any questions or comments, or you would like to be a guest on the podcast, you can head on over there. You can also follow me at love underscore stands underscore here on Instagram. I hope you have a great week. I love you and I will talk to you next week. Bye.